I want to speak to you today from Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, where the Apostle Paul says this, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And so I deal with the subject, forgetting the past, facing the future. Well, here we are at the end of another year. And in this particular verse, Paul refers to not yet reaching the goal that he wanted to reach. Well, perhaps you, as you look back at 2020, you've not accomplished all you hoped for. So what then? Well, as you are thinking of things in the past year, 2020, that give you a sinking feeling of regret. I think many of us have that. Do you know what it is to have goals at the beginning of the year that you hope to accomplish, and now the year's coming to an end, it's over? Well, could it be you're consumed with the disappointments and sorrows of 2020? Well, Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 refers to two things, forgetting the past, facing the future. We cannot change the past. We cannot change what has happened. But the Bible gives us some good advice regarding how we should proceed. So we should forget the past because Paul says, forgetting what is behind. And I think that you and I should seek the same thing the Apostle Paul was seeking after. He says, I press on toward the goal. Why do that? Well, Paul wanted what he calls the prize, uh, otherwise called the crown. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul put it like this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize or crown? Well, uh, he's referring to the ancient games, the Olympics, when only one person receive the prize. Well, you may say, well, if only one's going to get the prize, that leaves me out. This race we're in is different. Everybody can win. And I can tell you why. We're not competing with each other. Well, why is this talk that I give you today important? We're at the end of the most painful year in modern history. COVID-19, the coronavirus, has left us all in fear. I remember a few weeks ago being here in New York City, and on every trash can here in New York, you found a sign or a word that included these words, do not be afraid. Well, we're also in a political transition the nation is divided between those who are thrilled and those who are disappointed. What are we to do? I think the Apostle Paul gives us the answer. Philippians 3, verse 13. Forgetting the past. That's where we begin. Now, when you think of the word forget, there are two kinds of forgetting. Uh, one is that when we didn't mean to forget, uh, 
We think of those things we forgot and are embarrassed. And just a few minutes ago, as we were coming down the elevator, my grandson, who happens to be with us, said, Grandpa, you forgot your mask. Uh, it's easy to forget something like that. You forget to send someone a birthday card, or you get a chance to encourage somebody and, and you forgot to do it. Or you're supposed to be at a particular place at a particular time, and you just you thought, forgot. One of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Many years ago, I was pastor of a church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Well, Fort Lauderdale is about 90 miles from what was then my favorite fishing spot in Key Largo. Uh, I used to engage in a hobby called bone fishing. And uh, bonefish are uh, all about six, eight pounds average, and you catch them in shallow water. And every two weeks when the tide was down at four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, and it was only three or four inches of water, I could go to this particular spot and almost always find what we call a tailing bonefish, because the bonefish are this long, the water's this deep, and so when they grub for food, their tails come up out of the water. And it's a spectacular sight. Every bone fisherman longs for that. Well, I did this. Well, what happened? I went one day, one Friday afternoon, and it was a great time. Get back around 8 or 9 o'clock to Fort Lauderdale, only to find out I was supposed to be present for a dress rehearsal of a wedding, a major wedding for the next day. The families had been waiting for me, the bride, the groom, everybody, and I felt horrible. Well, it's something we do, we forget. But that's not the kind of forgetting Paul means. There's another kind of forgetting. That is what I would call intentional forgetting. In other words, you put something out of your mind on purpose, refuse to think about it. That is what Paul means and what he means for us to do. It is intentional forgetting. Now, that said, I, I would say there are two exceptions, in my opinion. One thing, don't forget good things that have happened in the year 2020. Uh, stop and think. Can you think of pleasant things? I know I can. Uh, I can think of many good things this year. And sometimes I'm almost embarrassed to admit, in some ways, 2020 has been a very good year for us. I could think of the bad too, but I concentrate on the good. Uh, in a previous talk, some of you may recall, I spoke on gratitude, and I quoted something that Mayo Clinic, uh, the most uh, respected medical institution possibly in America, they came up with a conclusion. Never forget this. Thankful people live longer. They weren't going by the teachings of Jesus or the Bible. They were going by statistics. They found this out. Thankful people live longer. Well, I can tell you this. God loves gratitude, hates ingratitude, and I think gratitude must be taught. We just need to be reminded. And I can tell you, it honors God, and it will surprise you if you stop and count your blessings. Uh, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done, even in the year 2020. Well, that's the first thing. 
Don't forget the good things and be thankful. But I would bring up another thing. The matter of total forgiveness. Don't enter into the new year carrying a grudge. Uh, you know, I think I could probably tell this story every time I speak because people forget they need it. In the darkest hour that Louise and I ever went through, it was back in Westminster Chapel when the future was so bleak and what happened was so horrible and I was bitter and I was angry, but God used a man from Romania. His name is Joseph Tzon. Never will forget it as long as I live. Possibly the greatest word I ever heard. He looked at me and said, R.T., you must totally forgive them. For until you totally forgive them, you will be in chains. Well, I would urge you, as you go into the year 2021, for one thing, stop keeping a record of wrongs. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 in the NIV says, Love keeps no record of wrongs. Why do we keep records? Well, to show that we've paid. Why keep a record of wrong? Well, that's so you can throw it up to the person. Uh, the husband will say to the wife, I will remember that. <laughs> he does. He quotes it to her later. Do you know, I can tell you, your marriage, if it's on the rocks, could be healed by sunrise tomorrow. If both of you will do one thing, stop pointing the finger. Tear up that record of wrongs. Well, I can tell you, the most surprising blessing in your lifetime. Totally forgive that person who wanted to destroy you, the one who disappointed you, who betrayed you. The hardest thing you will ever do, the hardest thing you will ever have to do is to forgive totally. But listen to me. The reward is incalculable. Total forgiveness includes forgiving yourself. I've had many people, many people say to me, R.T., I know God forgives me, but I cannot forgive myself. I understand that. I've been there. I was like that for too long. But then when I realized that forgiving myself is what God wanted me to do, I was able to do it. It was the best thing I ever did. And the way you do it, is that you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. You should know the blood that Jesus shed on that Good Friday 2,000 years ago, that blood totally satisfied the justice and the wrath of God. And I would just urge you to forget the past and realize that the blood satisfied God's justice. Uh, may I, at this moment, just ask you a question? Do you know for sure that if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Do you? And if you were to stand before God, and, and you will, and He were to ask you, He could do, why should I let you into my heaven? What if God put that to you? And you had to come up with the answer. And 
There's only one answer. What would you say? Well, I must say to you right now, if trusting the death of Jesus doesn't come to your mind, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes for anything. But that can all change right now. And I'm, my, my talk today isn't complete, but I just thought right in the middle, of, I would say this right now. Pray this prayer wherever you are. Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you. I'm sorry for my sins. Wash my sins away by your blood. I welcome your Holy Spirit into my heart. And as best as I know how, I give you my life. Did you pray that prayer? Did you? If, if you did, are you ashamed of it? You ought to share it with one other person. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. Tell someone, don't be ashamed of this. Well, that's a wonderful thing. Well, now, forgetting the past means refuse to think about the bad things that have happened. Refuse to think about the bad things others did to you. Refuse to think about your own failure and lack of accomplishment. Now let's talk about the second part of this verse. Paul says, forgetting what is behind. And then he adds, straining forward to what lies ahead. Well, you may ask, why strain? Uh, reaching forward, stretching forward. Why would Paul use language like this? Well, he's referring to running the race. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. He says, the runners run. Why would you run? You want the prize. So you run as hard as you can. You strain. You stretch. Uh, it, it reminds me, when I was uh, a teenager, I would say 15 years old, uh, I was never a good runner. I was pretty good at basketball. But for some reason, the coach, big mistake, but the coach said, R.T., I want you to run in the 50-yard dash. Uh, when we came to the annual time when everybody was doing different things, and they put me in the 50-yard dash. Well, I'll never forget it. I was there beside about eight or nine other guys. And when the gun went off, I took off. I ran as hard as I could, came in last, came in last. And while others just stopped at the finish line, I kept on running. I didn't want anybody to see me. Well, I came in last. But listen, in this race, we're not competing with each other. That's the good news. God sees that you are running as fast as you can. He sees in you what others don't. And I'll tell you something else. He will see in you what you don't see in yourself. And God knows what you're like because He's made you. He's your creator. His hand has been on you all your life. He was with you even before you were born. He was with you the moment you were born. And He knows you backwards and forwards. And He sees what you don't see in yourself. But I can tell you, 
your reward will not be on whether you win a 50-yard dash or whether you impress people. I can tell you, your reward will be His praise, His honor, not from people, not from people. In John chapter 5, verse 44, uh, I call this my life verse. The reason I do that is many years ago, I think I'd been uh, in the ministry a couple years. That means some 60 years ago. John 5, 44 gripped me. Here are the words in the old King James Version. He said it to the Pharisees, the words of Jesus. How can you believe who receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from the only God? You might like to know that this is the reason the Jews missed their Messiah. People ask, how could Israel have missed their Messiah? Because to those of us who have accepted him, and we see how it was foretold in the Old Testament, and it's so obvious, we wonder how could they have missed their Messiah? Well, Jesus actually gave the reason. He looked right at the Pharisees. He knew they didn't believe in him, but he wasn't surprised. And he, he put this question to them, how can you believe, how can you? When you receive honor one of another and you make no attempt to want the honor that comes from God. Well, I'm appealing to anybody watching me at this moment. Would you like the reward that matters? Uh, not the prize from winning the Olympics, but do you want to know what really matters? It's getting the approval of God. And it comes with a cost. It means that you want His approval more than the approval of others. That doesn't mean you outgrow compliments, wanting compliments. I'm, I'm the worst of all. Uh, my wife knows that when I finish speaking and she's watching me now, I'll, I will ask her, did I do okay? So don't think because Jesus put it that way that you reach the place that you don't care what people think. We all care what people think. But what Jesus said to the Pharisees, how can you believe who receive honor and praise from one another and make no attempt to receive the honor of God? In other words, it wasn't on their radar screen. You see, the Jews of all people should have known that the God of the Bible is a God of glory. He wants praise. He wants honor. Like it or not, that's the way God is. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that the God of the Bible is a jealous God. Now, there are a lot of people who resent that. I, I, I know that. And I'm aware that the word jealousy is a word that if a person is jealous, uh, it's not a compliment. Uh, we shouldn't be jealous, but we all are. We all have this problem. And uh, it's, it's not a compliment when you refer to another person as jealous. But the truth is, they are, and so are we. And even though it's a word that's not used with much respect, the God of the Bible is up, up front about it. He says, my name is jealous. 
My name is Jealous. And could I encourage you for a moment, instead of resenting that, love it. And here's why. That's because God doesn't want you to mess up. He's looking after you. He knows what is ahead. He knows what is behind. He knows you backwards and forwards. And He doesn't want you to make a stupid mistake. He's jealous for your own success. He's looking after you because He cares so much. Uh, Psalm 84, verse 11 says, No good thing will we, He withhold from them that walk uprightly. And so instead of resenting that God is a jealous God, say, Lord, I thank you that you love me that much. You don't want me to get in trouble. You want me to succeed. You want me to go forward and never be sorry. Could I at this stage say, there are four words that may be used interchangeably. Prize, crown, reward. And then there's the word inheritance. Well, let's start, start out with prize. That's the word Paul used in Philippians 3.14. He says, I want the prize. Uh, only one gets it. But as I said, we're not competing with each other, so anybody can get it. God wants you to get it. But there's another word, and it can be used the same way, the word crown. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul said every athlete, he's referring now to the Olympics, the ancient Greek Olympics, he said every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we do it to receive a crown that will not perish. All right, that's the second word. Cr prize, crown, reward. Do you know Moses, the greatest man described in the Old Testament, he, he was the best of all of them, Moses, his secret, he gave up the treasures of Egypt because he could see that the reward for following Christ was more value, of more value than gold. Now that's pretty shrewd. People could say to Moses, you had a life of luxury and ease, and you could have had this all your life, and you gave it all up. But Moses said, don't you know why? I could see that the reward that I would get is far greater than the treasures of Egypt. But you see, so many don't look at it that way. They're not interested in the reward down the road from pleasing God. They just want something now, immediate gratification. They want it now. Moses was willing to wait. Well, there's a fourth word. It's the word inheritance. Every Christian is called to come into his or her inheritance. Some do, some don't. And if you're a Christian, God wants you to come in to your inheritance. Uh, just before uh, I went on to this program or this uh, service, uh, I was talking to a young man who said that he was just uh, an ordinary Christian. And the time came in his life, he wanted to be all out for God. Now, 
Does it mean he wasn't really saved before he wanted to be all out for God? I would have thought he was saved, or he wouldn't have even thought about the, re uh, uh, the other, wanting to be all out for God. Here's my point. There are those who make a profession of faith. They mean it, and, and, and God accepts them, and they trust Jesus. But then there are those who feel, I'm not doing right. I must do more for God. What they may not have realized, it's what the Bible calls coming into your inheritance. You see, some do, some don't. And I can tell you why it is so important. That means that you fulfill what God wants you to do in life. There are those, sadly, who mess up and they fall by the wayside. And uh, what that means is that they will be saved by fire. Uh, that's language used in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, I don't want to be one of those that you get in by the skin of your teeth, saved by fire. There are those who will get a reward. And I can tell you, those who pursue their inheritance, they get a reward worth waiting for. Worth waiting for. I can't say I know what that reward is. I'll tell you what's good enough for me. I'll tell you what's good enough for me. I think you would agree if it would happen to you. For you to hear from the lips of Jesus himself at the right hand of the Father, and he looks at you, and looks at you not looking to anybody else, and just looks at you and would say, well done, well done. Good. I want that. Now, there may be other things that go along with it, but the main thing is to have his approval. I can tell you how important this was to the Apostle Paul. He said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest having preached to others, I should be disqualified or rejected for the prize. He uses the word prize. It refers to reward, the crown. And uh, Paul said, I want it. Here's what he is posing. The possibility that the very people who he leads to Jesus outgrow him, and he somehow messes up, and he doesn't get the reward, and his own converts do. And he said, I don't want that. I want to receive it, lest having preached to others, I myself am rejected for the prize. I heard of a story the other day of a man who was gloriously converted, and he was led to Jesus by a man he admired very much. Would you believe that man that he admired so much backslid? His, his own father in the gospel fell by the wayside. It, it happens. Well, Paul was saying that having preached to others and they get saved and they get the reward and I could lose it. I don't want that to happen to me. Could I say at this stage, I can tell you something that I believe will encourage you. God has a plan for you. Let me put it this way. Let's say that I'm talking to someone that you have really messed up. 
in the year 2020. You messed up big time. And you're at the end of the year. We're about to enter a new year. God has a word for you. He says, leave it with me. Here's a verse. I call it the family secret. Romans 8, 28. Paul says, we know, we, we, the family. Those outside the family, they don't get it. But those in the family, we. He says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Well, that's the good news. Whatever has happened to you, however much you may have messed up, God says, leave it with me. If you love God and you're determined from this day to say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my past. I want from this day to put you first in my life. I can tell you, Romans 8.28 kicks in for you. It's only to those who love God. You see, all things don't work together for good for everybody. It's only for those in the family. And anybody can get in the family. All you do is receive the message of the gospel. You can come in. And when you get in, you find out Romans 8.28 is true. Look back. Look how God has led your life. That thing that you thought was so bad, it worked together for good. How God does it, it's a miracle. Don't try to figure it out. Forget the past. Just, just leave it. Let God handle it. And then there's that verse I quoted to you a while ago. It's in Psalm 84, verse 11. All things that are pertaining to you, no good thing will God withhold from those that walk uprightly. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but he is the most important person to you, and you love him, and you want to honor him. And here's what God says to you. Start all over again with me as your guide. So we're talking about forgetting the past, facing the future. Uh, I would give you a little acrostic, if I may. I've come up with this. Uh, you might come up with a better one, but here's the one I've come up with. I think of the word goal. <clears throat> G-O-A-L. It's a suggestion. Your goal for 2021. G. Giving. That's right, giving. Remember, in 2021, you cannot out give the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Uh, the prophet says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What that means is that if God gives you a dollar, 10 cents belongs to Jesus. If you make $10, a dollar belongs to him. If you make $100,000, 10,000 belongs to God. He puts you on your honor that you'll return it to Him. Give it to God. Give it to the church that's blessed you. Uh, consider that 10% hot money. Get, get rid of it or you'll spend it. Give God what is His. And you know, He gives you a promise. He didn't have to say this, but He does. He says, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't be able to contain it. 
Let's first go, G, giving, obedience. Here's what that means. Walk in all the light God gives to you. There's a great verse, 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as He, as God is in the light, because in Him there's no darkness. When you walk in the light, we have fellowship with Him and the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Whenever God gives you something, tithing, maybe that was new for somebody, obedience, giving what is His, uh, things He will show you along the way. He'll reveal things. You think, oh, I didn't think of that. Walk in the light. You'll never be sorry. Go. Giving, obedience, authority. What's that? The Bible. The Bible is your authority. Live by this. I would say to you, there are two things He wants you and me to know. His Word and His ways. His Word, Holy Scripture. I suggest that for 2021, set as a goal, read the whole Bible in one year. Four chapters a day will do it. Uh, many years ago, my mentor, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, introduced me to Robert Murray McShane's Bible reading plan. I've kept it for over 40 years. I happen to know that Pastor Tim Delina, he uses the same plan. So we know what each other's reading that day, and you can get in on it. Uh, read your Bible. Get to know it well. Uh, that's a good way to get on the good side of the Holy Spirit because he wrote it, and you get to know his ways. But that's the second thing ways. He wants you to know His Word. He wants you to know His ways. How do you get to know anybody's ways? Well, by spending time with them. You spend time with them, you get to know their ways. You get to know God's ways by spending time with Him. Set as a goal for 2021 to pray more than ever. I can tell you this, when you stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, you need to have the testimony that you're trusting the blood of Jesus, but you will not regret any amount of time you spent reading His Word or spending time with God alone. Spend time with God alone more than ever in 2021. By the way, He likes your company. He likes your company. That encourages me. Okay, giving, obedience, authority, love. That means let be. Don't be a busybody trying to sort people out. Overlook. Overlook their faults just as God overlooks our faults. Uh, become vulnerable. Uh, don't try to look strong. Uh, be willing instead to, to lose face. Jesus was crucified in weakness. You don't need to show how strong you are. Become vulnerable. Jesus could have stopped the entire crucifixion he could have called a thousand angels, but he was willing to look weak. Be like that and emancipate. L-O-V-E. Let be, overlook, become vulnerable, emancipate. That means set them free. Let them off the hook. Don't let them feel guilty. Love them. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Well, that comes to the end of my talk today. Bottom line, forgetting the past, facing the future, and don't forget the gospel.
Heavenly Father, I ask you to take this word, apply this word by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Dr. R.T. Kendall, for that powerful word. What a word to help us leave 2020 and get ready for 2021. When I think of that passage of leaving those things behind, the past, and pressing on to the future, there's no other place that that can ever happen in a person's life except with a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the one that can forgive us of our past and secure our future. Well, Pastor Tim, how does that happen? Jesus says in John chapter 3, that comes by a relationship that Jesus defines as being born again. When someone is born again, the past and the future is all dealt with in that decision that you make. Just as you had a first birth, many of you in a hospital, we need a second birth. The first birth physically, we need a second birth spiritually. Jesus said in John chapter 3 verse 3 that no man, no woman, no one will ever see the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. Well, Pastor Tim, how does that happen? How does that relationship take place? I thought I was born again, or I thought I, thought I was going to heaven because I was water baptized, or I took communion, or as dedicated, or christened as a child. Those are all great things. And even people are saying to me, I'm a good person. I wish that's what Jesus said, but that's not what he said. Jesus said, you need a spiritual birth, and it can happen today. How, Pastor Tim, how does that take place? Will it be as simple as ABC, just like we would tell our children and starting them off on a journey? These three letters correspond to three really important words. A, it's admitting that I'm a sinner, that all of us are broken on the inside. We all have a condition, and it's called sin, and we can't fix it ourselves. There's not a priest, a pastor, a program. There's not even a promise you can make to fix that on your own. It's really coming clean, getting honest with God. Or as one person said, we're not mistakers in need of correction. We are sinners in need of a savior. I don't need a second chance. I need a second birth. How does that happen, Pastor Tim? That's the B word. That's believe. That's why, why God sent his son to die on the cross. That we on this day, and right as you're listening today, can believe that Jesus became my sin bearer that I couldn't fix that condition, but Jesus can. Why would God have to send his own son if we could fix ourselves, but we can't fix ourselves? I want you to understand that that day that Jesus died for my sins and that life that he lived, he was saying, I'm gonna live a life you can't live. I'm gonna die a death you should have died and I'm gonna give you a reward that you don't deserve called forgiveness and heaven. And then the C word, it's confessing him as Lord. That word Lord is a big word. Romans 10, 9 and 10 talks about confessing Jesus as Lord, meaning you're in charge now. See, what religion wants is religion wants a couple hours on a Sunday, whether it's in person or online. They want, they want to talk to you for those two hours. And I think it's important to understand that's religion, but God wants a relationship with you. That's what born again is. It's God saying, I don't want Sundays, I want every single day. And today, can be the beginning of that relationship. And you may say today, Pastor Tim, my past that Dr. R.T. Kendall talked about is so messed up and is so bad. I want you to understand something. And this is, this is so important for us to realize today as we're thinking about our past, is that you may think to yourself, I can't, I'm not perfect because of my past. And here's the good news for you. Perfect people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And today you can be forgiven of your sins. How do I do that, Pastor Tim? I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. I want you, wherever you're at, in your home, in a car, 
in an airport or on a subway, wherever you're at around the country and around the world, would you just bow your head and say these words with me? If you're able to, I want you to say it out loud. If you have to whisper them, then whisper them. God sees it coming from your heart. And if you're in a place that you can't pray, I want you to pray these words and start this brand new journey called being born again, which begins to take care of the past, forgive the past, and secure the future. The past, my sin, the future, heaven, and where God wants me to go. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me, so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You made the greatest decision of your life. You decided today to let the past and the future be dealt with from Philippians chapter three. You did that when you decided to be born again. I'm gonna ask you to take one more step. Whether it's off your computer or off your phone, I want you to text the word decided because that's what you did to 88202. That, when you text that, you're gonna get just the simple next steps of what this journey of having a relationship with Jesus is all about. I celebrate that today is your second birth, your born again birth date today. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message and be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.